All right. <laughs> go up high. The higher you go, the, the harder the fall. <laughs> oh, Lord, humble me. <laughs> Jeez. Um, just to have some, some light fun, I sometimes like to do this. The, uh, you know, the world is inundated with memes. Memes, <laughs> sort of the, if you look on my, my uh, text messaging, probably 90% of it consists of sending memes to people. It's crazy. Thanks, Josiah. No. <laughs> you always have the encouragers in the body of Christ, you know. Uh, <laughs> I was reading some of these funny ones. You know, I was thinking, like, you know, when the snow fell, I, uh, you know, the, the dusting of 38 inches we got. And, uh, you know, it's thinking like, you know, people saying, this is the end. <laughs> it's the end. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, people just the way they've been talking about this year. But uh, no, just some funny things. It was like some uh, these I, I don't mean to brag or anything, but but this is like the fifth end of the world I've survived. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I, I completed my 14-day fast in three hours and 12 minutes. You know, <laughs> uh, this was a funny one. I don't mean to brag or anything, but I just put a puzzle together in one day, and the box had two to four years. Heard that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's like let that one settle in. <laughs> Uh, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I can still fit into the earrings I wore in high school. You know, how many people say, see, I don't have earrings, so it's not funny for me. It's funny for you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> it's funny, the, uh, you know, we'll get started here, but I, I ended up, um, I ended up thinking, man, it was really weird how God kind of, Oh, Mr. Evan. Sorry, just looking at my, for those online, looking at my son. Bye-bye. Um, but interesting how the Lord was, was guiding me in this message and preparing and, and uh, kind of closing out our Advent series. You know, there's been some really good stuff focusing on, you know, obvious pieces of the Christmas story. Uh, you know, Jesus, <laughs> primary, primary player in the, in the story. Uh, Mary, Joseph. You know, just kind of, it, it's always interesting going through the Christmas story again and again, and just finding little nuggets that maybe you didn't see before, you know, different aspects, different, you know, different lens that you may look, maybe you're in a different season now, and you're kind of reading it differently. You know, the story never changed, just our understanding, and it, it's amazing how God will bring us along that journey, you know, where we understand things a bit more differently than maybe we did in the past. I mean, how awesome is that? And so I just, I thank God for that in this community. And um, yeah, and just, it's funny how like Pastor Dick, what he shared at the intro, I think, I think this message might make more sense going back. Maybe I'll watch like the, the Facebook live video later <laughs> and then be like, oh, that's why God did that. Because <laughs> things Dick was saying and then, and then the songs we were singing, it just, it like just so lines up with what God's saying right now. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. 
Lord, I always, I always pray that this would be a place, that our hearts would be a place where you know you are welcome. No better reputation than to know that this is a place known as a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome. And so I welcome you even in greater power right now that, that those of us hearing this word and even myself experiencing this as I say it, Lord, would, it, would come to know and experience the presence of Jesus in a greater way, the love of God in a greater way today. And I just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So the scripture that we're using as our, our thematic outline for this Advent series is out of uh, 1 John, 1 John, chapter 4, and it's verse 18. And I'm just going to read that to kind of kick this part off. So 1 John, chapter 4, verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. See, when we, uh, when we look at the Christmas story, it's easy to, it's easy to think that the, the fearlessness, the, yes, Lord, <laughs> you know, we see in those who are part of God's greatest story uh, was not preceded by great fear. It was being loved by God and, and loved deeply in the inmost place that gave them courage to act bravely. And I think of, you know, Mary's response. We heard that Gretchen was speaking on that a couple weeks ago. And just like this young girl who had been so terrified, who would have every right to be terrified by being confronted by an angel, says, yes, Lord, be it unto me, as you say. See, everything we hear in life, everything we experience in life is uh, filtered by love or fear. Those two lenses, <laughs> very, very opposed to each other. But our, our reaction, our response comes through these two, what I would say, defining elements of, of our living. And sometimes what we recognize around us, those who are um, you know, if you notice, those who are motivated by love uh, tend to see the good news. Um, you know, they see the hand of God at work in all things. <laughs> that even though there's a trial going on, it's, it's still seeing God's activity. It's still seeing God at work. And those who are manipulated by fear, and I would say manipulated because there's some nuancing there which we'll get into, but it will... It, They'll always recognize the work of darkness. You know, it's like, it's like, what are you seeing? What are you seeing around you? What, what is your perception of what is going on? Is God at work or is the darkness prevailing? And see, God's love has come. God's love has won. That in Jesus, the incarnate, God, Emmanuel, God with us, that's, that's the truth he's trying to bring into our lives, that God is with us. No matter what you see around you, God is with us, and we'll get into that. But, you know, thinking of this whole idea of risking everything at Christmas, the risk that the people in the Christmas story went through in this account of Jesus bringing the, the Savior of the world into the world in such a 
crazy way, <laughs> being guided by stars. <laughs> like, just think of it, the, the journey, the, we got to get out of this country, like they're killing babies. I mean, like, just the whole, like, there's so much stuff wrapped up in the Christmas, and I'm not going to read the Christmas story this morning. I mean, I think we can all hopefully be mature enough to go back and, hey, I'm going to read that this week. As we think of Christmas, as we ponder what God has done as he's come into this world, you know, reading that account in the, in the book of Luke. But thinking of the risk that it takes, you know, risk, um, you know, thinking of how we operate in the kingdom, this idea of fear, it can cripple us. And, you know, thinking of risk, we, we always say, and we repeat it all the time. There's a saying we say in the vineyard that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And this, it's interesting because this doesn't feel like the year to be taking risks, huh? <laughs> you know, but we were, we were prophetically nudged by Pastor Dick at the end of 2019. That 2020 would be a great year of transition. How's that been? You know, thinking through this, I, I you know, I, I think of the transition Mary went through to become a mother. Yeah, I started to look at it prophetically. I was like, Lord, let me see this. And I think, oh, 2020, year of transition. And so then I look into the story and I think, what, what did transition look like? And the transition Mary would have had to go through to become a mother. <laughs> that mind change of all of a sudden I was just doing, I was just minding my own business as a, as a young girl, doing what young girls do, and then, boom, an angel comes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think of Joseph, who had to make the transition of not having the ideal family to start with. This isn't how I planned it. You want me to what? You're, what, what it, an angel said what? <laughs> I think of Jesus who transitioned, made the greatest transition of all from his heavenly throne. You know, Jesus, who transitioned from his heavenly throne and took on the form of, of flesh, a baby. You know, we say that that's not a promotion. God who created the heavens. The earth, the planets, the universe. <laughs> but in his love, he put on flesh and he dwelt among us. God, Emmanuel. God with us. And if anyone had a reason to fear, we look no further than this story. But the Bible's funny. The, <laughs> the most repeated command. I think we said this, I went back, uh, Pastor Dick spoke on this back in May. Do not fear. Fear not. See, now, we're not, we're not talking about statements here. We're like, this isn't about, like, oh, God loves us. Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> you guys are great. Let's sing it along. You know, about God's faithfulness, how we seated in the heavens above every ruler, every power, every authority, right? You know, these are known statements from the scriptures. But you know when, when something has to be commanded, do you, you know what that means? It means the thing that you would typically do <laughs> needs a different response. 
You know, that maybe the initial response is not a, a uh, or it's not the, the knee-jerk reaction. You know, like the, we're having to work through that. You know, command that, that something doesn't come naturally to us. You know, think, think of things like uh, rejoice when others rejoice. But like when you're not having fun, that's why it's a command. Because like get over yourself. <laughs> not trying to be harsh. But when someone else is going through a good time, rejoice with them. Don't worry, your time's coming. They'll rejoice with you when you rejoice. We always hope so. Right? We're people. We're people. We try. But when we're talking about a command that is repeated as often as this, I mean, there are commands all through the scriptures. Nothing, nothing comes through like do not fear. You will read that. That is Old, that is old Testament. That is New Testament. That's everything. You know, we're talking about the owner's manual to life in the scriptures. It's, and, and you know why, I, I, think, uh, I think, is it, was this the one? Is this the scripture? Did you say this or I heard that? There are 365 instances of do not fear, one for every day. I, I like that one. I, I, I've not gone through and counted myself. I'll be honest. I'm, uh, you know, I hope someone wouldn't lead us astray with that number, that statistic. But it sounds good to me. And I think it's important to know that that's on God's heart, that we do not fear. But I believe the reason why that is such a dominant command in the scriptures, why it's a common theme that God is continuing to encourage his people in, it's because he's exposing or um, revealing the, the number one tactic that the enemy uses to disengage us from our life source. You know, in the same way, think if you dislocate your shoulder, you know, your arm, like, you, you uh, ever watch a football game? If you see someone, like, dislocate their shoulder, I mean, it's like kind of dangling. You know, it's, but you, ha you no longer have use of it. I can no longer control it because it's disconnected. It's disengaged. It's disempowered. You need to pop that baby right back into place. To get it working again. <laughs> and see, the enemy wants us to be useless. You know, the enemy wants us to not function. <laughs> and fear is when we agree with what the enemy says. Anytime we believe a lie, we empower the liar. We empower, we give power to that thing in our life. And Paul, it's, uh, no, I'm not going to, never mind. Like, what did Paul say? You'll have to find out later. Um, <laughs> but when God says to us, do not fear, what is he saying? What is he doing? You know, this isn't the equivalent of me telling my wife to calm down. Oh, you've done that too, I see. Okay, yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, no, I would not... <laughs> That command actually does not work as you think it would work. One hundred percent. Tell your wife to calm down; she will not calm down. I guarantee you. So, uh, husbands, that one was free of charge. And um, Merry Christmas. But when God tells us, "Do not fear," 
it means he's giving us the grace to empower us to do the thing we previously could not do. It's the nature of grace because grace enables. Grace empowers. It's the God-given grace that gives us the ability to do something that we wouldn't be able to do in and of ourselves. See, in this moment, there is the capacity to deal with a thing that is possibly coming against you. You have grace in this moment. Do not fear. And dealing with the emotion of fear is not a sin. You know, like working through that. But, but I'd say partnering with it is. Giving it way into your life. You know, not, not trusting the Lord. Giving it power. Embracing it as your truth. I mean, how many of you know that there's a difference between facts and truth? See, there are things that are true that aren't truth. You know, you uh, go to the doctor and you get a report. It's terminal. The sickness. You know, this, this is a death sentence. But see, in the kingdom, that's not the case. See, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. And see, we can look to the darkness and see, oh, how great that darkness is. But when we're motivated by love, we see, oh, man, God's light, oh, it shines greater in the darkness. It's working through that fear. It's saying, I know that this thing may be in the natural. It's true. But is it truth? You know, that's the problem with promises. <laughs> you know, Mary, this thing will happen. How can this be so? <laughs> the angel already declared that God's already got a plan laid out. This is the truth. Mary goes, that's not true. But be it according to your word. I mean, you know, we can hold to a truth even if it seems like that truth isn't true around us. Does that make sense? And, and if you think about it, how, how did you handle the fears of this last year? <laughs> You're like, I haven't got the report card yet. It's still 2020. <laughs> semester's not out. But could you and I live more fearlessly in the coming year, taking God at his promise to be our Emmanuel? I've said this over and over. I've been so con convicted of this the last couple months where, you know, God told me, I have not abandoned my people. You know, 2020 is not a bad year. It's different. It's different. See, I want to be motivated by love. I want to see things the way God sees them. It's like, all right, God, even though, like, it's kind of like not seeing you at work right now, I'm doing my best to keep my eyes fixed on you to see that you are at work right now. See, but perfect love drives out fear. I love this, just looking in the, in the Greek, but the, the idea behind this, but, but perfect love drives out fear. It's uh, love that is made complete. It's love that's completed. It's finished. And see, there's a, there's a driving quality to God's love. It's, see, God's love won't share the human heart with any other love. 
can't have that occupancy. It's, it's divided when you do that. And, and the challenges of life can expose our loves in that way. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's just amazing how it, this has been like a gut check for me this year. You know, it's like, how much faith do I have? How much faith have I received from the Lord that I'm acting upon? That I'm genuinely seeing his goodness around me. That even in the, the weirdness and everything, it's like, God, what are you doing? And, and actually being focused on some of those things we've learned in School of Kingdom Ministry and like the training we've had here. It's like, you know, God, how do I take risks in a world that's not really wanting to take risks right now? Because that might be very abrasive to some people. Right? Because we've got opposing truths. You know, if we want to be more faithful this next year, I think we can lean into worship a bit more. You know, I challenge you in your, in your scripture reading, in your worship, you know, your own devotional time. There's just something about guarding your heart. For from it flow the streams of life. And I think that's something that God is really speaking to us in this coming year of making sure we are guarding our heart. But we are leaning into the Lord even more. Because living out our faith is not, not going to get easier. That's for sure. It's going to involve more risks. Which is gonna, it's just going to involve more faith which is going to need love to empower that for it to be a genuine, for it to have a genuine impact on the people around us. Um, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> Sorry. I had a scripture here, and I can't remember why I had it. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's why I did it. Okay. So Isaiah, uh, I don't have the scriptures up here, but I'll just read this. In Isaiah 51, is starting in verse 12, it says this. This is the Lord speaking. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies? Of the son of man who is made like grass. And have forgotten the Lord, your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. And you fear continually all day because of the wrath of the oppressor. When he sets himself to destroy. And where is the wrath of the oppressor? I'm going to skip down, verse 15. I am the Lord, your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. See, this is God's promise to his people. See, it, you know, it's funny because you think of it's... Um, you know, God, you think of comfort and God snuggling up next to us and, you know, patting us on the back, right? And I read this and it was like, who do you think you are? It doesn't sound very snuggly. You know, in a way it's like, is that comfort? Is that God's view of comfort, not my view of comfort? You know, God challenging my view of fear. My view of what his comfort is. My view that he's the God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. 
Oh my God, you will not delay. I will not fear. Your promise is true. My God will come through always. We sang it this morning. We declared it this morning. There was something that was breaking out as we were singing that. And here's the interesting thing. Fear, fear doesn't always start as this like huge demonic spirit of fear business. You know, sometimes it's just a simple emotion. And uh, how many of you know that you can work yourself into fear when the devil is a million miles away? You know, like, oh, the devil. It's like, oh, you, you can, you're just busy, like, working yourself up into a tizzy. I know I've done it. It can be as simple as, I got a bill. Oh, I don't have the money to pay it. And then all the anxiety, the fear comes rushing in. And, like, momentum builds on that. And demonic entities try to feed into that. If you give hold to that, if you empower it, if you, if you lay into that. But God is, the thing is, he's working in us to trust him and to lean into his promises and purposes. And I think what happens is we forget what God's promises are. We're not reminding ourselves through the reading of the scriptures, through the encouragement of each other. I mean, I know it happens. I'm not, like, saying it doesn't. I'm just saying maybe it could happen a bit more. You know, if we're finding ourselves embroiled in fear... I have to ask myself, how, how often have I been reminding myself of the promises of God? Because all his promises are yes and amen. We sang that this morning. The perfect love that God offers us in Christ shows us, <laughs> this is another thing, we are not in control. There's something about love that's not controlling. And we typically fear because we don't have control. You know, we need to trust that God has this. You know, that God really does love us. That we don't need to control every circumstance around us. You know, sometimes God's going to say, you need to do this. Time to get busy. And then there are going to be some seasons where he's going to say, hey, just sit back and watch me work. And it's discernment to know what season you're in and when you're in it. But that takes relationship with the Lord and daily communion with him so you understand what seasons you're in. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to wonder, oh, was I supposed to do something? Was I not, was I not supposed to do something? But anyway, so last point. The one who, who fears is not made perfect in love. Yeah, I think the reality is we're, um, I think it would be safe to say we'll, we'll be afraid of something this next year. There'll be something that'll poke at the, you know, the fears or the anxiety. Um, you know, but in that, who knows how that leaves, when it leaves, but as we're following the Lord. But it is a sign. I think, I think when we have those fears, it, it is a sign that there's more of God's love to experience. There's just more, there's just more capacity. It's, it's, it's like, oh, this is where I need to be made perfect in his love. You know, that I, this is where I need to learn to trust. This is where I need to choose to trust the Lord in the midst of this circumstance, to enjoy and to, to pursue him. And when we practice being the, the beloved of God, you know, we, we quietly practice to be brave in the background, that courage that comes with risk. You know, and risk could come more easily if we are made perfect in love. That we know, hey, this isn't in my hands, but I'm trusting God as I step out, as I pray for this person, as I speak this word of encouragement, that it's going to do something. It's going to have effect. You know, believing and trusting that God is at work in me and in this person that I'm, you know, in front of.
yeah. So, mm, okay. Man, I just, it's like so funny. This morning is interesting. <laughs> just uh, like the, um, talk about joy, you know, having that joy of the Lord. You know, we sing joy to the world. And it's a very, you know, traditional Christmas song. But, man, it was just, there was something this morning about just joy. Like Matt was saying, like pastors, you know, the, that joy rising up, not letting the enemy steal our joy. That even in this season, you know, for Christmas, for some people, it's like amazing, it's merry, it's warm. And for some people, it's like a reminder. I had um, someone I work with, they had, their uh, mother, um, you know, just passed away, and it reminded me, oh, yeah, like for some people, it's going to be a reminder of things because it's so close to the holidays. And so it's all these things that God is working in us to perfect him to be more like him, using our circumstances, use, you know, like, how can I be loving to this person who, you know, in my view, things are amazing, but for them, I need to find a way to, how can I, how can I connect to that person and show them the love of Christ? That God has come, that God is Emmanuel. Because for them, they may not feel like Emmanuel is here, that God is with us. But we know that that's the truth. That's the truth. God is with us. So even if something else feels true, we always go back to the promises of God. We always go back to what he says about a thing. And that's why he says, do not fear. In this past year, like I said, may have been a great delight or may have been challenged far beyond what you could bear. But I would say this next year, pursue love. Find those places where you could experience the complete love of God. Is there an area that even as I'm speaking, the Father is inviting you to give this over to him, to give that part of your heart that's still rooted in fear. You're saying, no, God, I don't want to feel that anymore. I don't, I don't want to experience that anxiety and worry because I know I am your child and I know you love me. And I know you love this person who I care about. You love them more than I do. So I'd say this. How many of you have had a thought that kept you up at night now, how many of you have lost sleep over thinking stupid things and worries and going through conversations in your head with someone? Yeah? Is that just me? Yeah. So, okay, so now we know how to meditate. <laughs> if you've done that, you know how to meditate. Did you know that? So now we just need to change the subject that we're focusing on. You know, at some point, I, I always, the saying sticks with me. At some point, we need to stop being impressed with the size of our problem and be impressed with the size of our God. That he, that's why he's saying do not fear. He's like, do not fear. Do you know the one who backs you up? Do you know the one who goes with you? Do you know the one who goes before you in battle? Before you have even got to the battlefield, he's already there. You know, we need to find someone to serve. It's the gospel. We need to stop fueling lies, and we need to love those around us. Do not fear. So what has God promised in your life? I guess that's where I'll land, and let's pray. If you want to stand, let's, let's just do that this morning. Because I feel like there's an impartation. I feel like there's something that God is stirring in the spirit, that he's been speaking it. And I didn't even know why I was going to say what I was going to say until I got here. And then it started making more sense when pastor spoke. And we started singing. I was like, oh, now I get it. Thanks, God. 
because I was kind of wondering, because it wasn't a real traditional Christmas message. But I felt like it was the thing that God wanted me to say. But what I would say is, what has God promised in your life? Do you have a promise that you know right now you can hold on to and cling to? Because if you don't, the enemy will always come to disconnect, to disempower you from the one who is your life source. Because he doesn't want you to be free. He doesn't want you to be saved. He doesn't want you to be whole. He's a destroyer. But Jesus Christ came to disempower the destroyer, to destroy the works of the enemy. God wants you to walk in your identity as a child of God. And in doing that, it's knowing what has God promised to me? What are God's promises that I can hold on to in this time, in my future, so that I won't be afraid? Let's pray. So, Father, I thank you for that invitation for your love. And I just ask right now that the Father's love would be imparted to each person here, to anyone watching online. I just pray the the love of the Father be imparted over you right now in Jesus' name. That you would be set free from the fear of darkness, from that fear of loneliness. That you are not alone. You are not forsaken. You are not abandoned. And so, Jesus, I thank you that you came, that you transitioned from your heavenly throne, taking on the form of human flesh and dwelling among us. And that in your invitation to do not fear, there's a reason why we cannot fear, why we do not need to fear. It's because of your love. And I pray that your love would be made perfect in us today that as we go into this Christmas season, into this coming year, that we wouldn't have that mentality like, oh, it's 2020, like anything can happen. No, it's 2021, who knows? God, I pray that you would come and give us a different mindset, that as believers, we would shine in the darkness, that your light would come and would, it would shine through us. Holy Spirit, that you would work in us, that when people have all the reasons why it can be a bad year, why bad things are happening. We can say, oh, do you know what God is doing? Do you know what God is saying right now? He is the God who is with us. He is Emmanuel. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that impartation of your love, your faithfulness to each one in this place, that we would be made new, continuously made new in your love, that we would experience the presence of Jesus each and every day more and more, that we would lean into you and that we would not fear in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. And so we bless you and we thank you and be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you need prayer for anything, we do have some people who would come up and pray with you. Um, for those online, if you have any prayer requests, please let us know. Message us or leave it in the chat. If there's something we can be praying for any physical ailment, financial need, um, you know, just let us know. We, we just love to be connected with you and stay connected. And so uh, love you guys. And a Merry Christmas from us at LRVC. Have a good week.